Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, Brother Earnshaw will be delivering a paper on the Earl of Euston and other joiners. Over to you, Brother Earnshaw. Thank you. Um, Today I'd like to talk about joiners. These are people who are members of everything Masonic available. Uh, You often find them at Grand Lodge, where there are often many activities going on. You can recognize them by all the badges they have in their lapels. Unfortunately, though they readily join, they don't actively contribute much. The problem is that joiners want to belong, but they don't want to be involved. For example, they don't want an officer's position, just a walk-on part. As they're members of everything, they also mix up the various rituals. The bottom line is that they want the recognition. A great example of this is Henry James Fitzroy, the Earl of Euston, who lived from 1848 to 1912. He was the eldest son of the seventh Duke of Crafton. He can also be called a good example of what is known as the oldest child syndrome, which means uh, a sense of responsibility and entitlement. However, in the Earl of Euston's case, he had a, a sense of entitlement, but no sense of responsibility. There is a full-length painting of him on Wikipedia, and if you want to see it, you, you have to search for it by his name, Henry James Fitzroy. And you will see someone who at first glance looks like a North Korean general. He has 28 Masonic jewels attached to the left side of his jacket, as, as well as two jewels pendant on his neck ribbons. Though this painting was done about 150 years ago, we can recognise many of the jewels, including the Royal Order of Scotland, the Patriarchal Cross of the 33rd degree, the Knights Templar. Uh, Actually, there seems to be two Knights Templar stars, one being a past preceptor. There's a Markmaster jewel, as well as, as the Markmaster apron, and jewels of the Royal Order of Malta and the Royal Ancient Mariners, among others. When I looked into his history, it seems that in the years 1889, when he was 40 until his death in 1912, he he held the positions of Provincial Grand Master for Northampton, Huntington and Bedford. He was the superintendent of Northamptonshire, for the Royal Arch, he was Pro Grand Master and Provincial Grand Master for the Grand Lodge of Mark Master Masons. Uh, he was a Knight Grand Cross, Pro Grand Master and Grand Sovereign. And last, he was a Provincial Grand Master for the Grand Lodge of England for London and the Metropolitan Counties. Unfortunately, most of this is, is nearly impossible to confirm. What we do know is that he was educated at Harrow School in North London, where Winston Churchill also went to school. Later, he was commissioned into the Rifle Brigade of uh, of New York, and in 1907, he was appointed Deputy Lieutenant of uh, Northamptonshire. 
However, what he's really known for is for his very colorful personal life. When he was 23, he married a musical artiste called Kate Cook, who was more than 10 years his senior, and someone who the Chicago Tribune described as one of the most notorious women in London. It seems that Euston had entered a bigamous marriage because his wife was still married to a man in Australia. And in a case that was termed stranger than fiction, at the last minute it was discovered that Euston's wife's husband was also married. So <laughs> the marriage between Kate Cook's husband and his previous wife was annulled, and the marriage to Euston was de deemed legitimate. However, Euston's marriage only lasted three years. As if this was not enough, Euston was caught up in a scandal in 1890, known in the press as the Cleveland Street Scandal, where he was accused of visiting a male brothel. In the late Victorian times, brothels were recognized as a necessary evil in society, but homosexuality was an offence, and Euston could have been imprisoned for up to 10 years. Oscar Wilde also lived in the same era, 1854 to 1900, and he had been prosecuted under the homosexuality laws. In 1901, Edward VII was coronated, and Euston was appointed an aide-de-camp to the king. This may be an example of the type of simony that Freemasonry is often accused of, because the king at the time was Grand Master of the United Grand Lodge of England, and because Houston was not only nobility, but was a well-decorated Freemason, this may have enabled Houston to get the position of aide-de-camp. However, the next year, in 1902, Euston was taken to court because he owed a total of £15,000 to various moneylenders. And later in court, Euston had to declare himself bankrupt with liabilities exceeding £54,000, which in modern terms is in excess of £6 million or $7.5 million. He had no assets and he died a broken man in his home county of Northamptonshire, aged 64, ironically, six years before the death of his father, the seventh Duke, who died at the age of 97. So Euston never inherited his father's land, income, or even the title of the Duke of Grafton, which went to his younger brother. This cautionary tale has several topics in it. First, the example of the oldest child syndrome, the lesser noble who was hungry for recognition and joined many Masonic organizations, but probably did not contribute much. Then there's society's mores at the time and attitudes towards prostitution and homosexuality, together with his scandals and accusations of bigamy, which was also an imprisonable offence. And finally, Euston using his Masonic connections to find re uh, respectability 
in a position close to the king. There's a joke that goes something like this. Uh, if three men were hit shipwrecked on a desert island, it wouldn't be long before two of them had found that they had something in common and they start a club from which the third man is excluded. Well, this is a joke, but humans are drawn into social groups based on common interests and experiences which are unique to them, and Freemasonry is no different. We share a common experience and education and support each other. Experts also agree that having extra activities outside of work is very beneficial to our health, and participating in a lodge helps build teamwork, communication, relationships, and a sense of belonging. And this is important in this age, this is age of what we call nomophobia. Uh, this is a newly coined phrase, uh, an abbreviation of no mobile phone phobia. It's, it's an fear associated with being separated from one's mobile telephone or being unable to access it. Nomophobia. <laughs> I'm all in favor of participating in lodges. Of course, I've been a Mason for nearly 40 years, but I do participate, study and teach. However, the problem is that joiners want to belong for the recognition, but they don't want to carry any burdens. And I think that the Earl of Euston is an extreme example of this. So many things here. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that jumped out at me is to do with uh, homosexuality. I never mm. think of there being homosexuality in Freemasonry, uh, unlike another great British institution, the uh, British Public School, where it is said to be common. Mm. Do you know when the, the law was repealed against homosexuality oh, in I've the UK? I, I think due to a formality, it'll be something like the 60s or 70s. It'll yes, it was. 1967. Bloody hell. Uh, when was it? Oh, that, uh, it's probably when the French were still executing people. <laughs> when the first 60. Star Wars movie came out, the French were still cutting people's heads off. <laughs> when was it? Uh, so then when was it uh, repealed in the uh, EU? Repealed? Yeah. Oh, uh, repealed. Um, repealed. Uh, let's think. Um, <laughs> 67 gonna, in England. So I'm going to guess there's different countries which have different attitudes in the EU. I'm going to say 90s, early 90s. The year 2000. Wow. Goodness. <laughs> so, you know, um, so you, you can imagine what it would have been like in Victoria's time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and anyway, so. <clears throat> It's something you don't even think about nowadays, really, with the change in social attitudes. Yes, yes, me. exactly. Goodness yes, me. but um, it's, it kind of irks me sometimes when, when I, you know, come across people who who are in everything but mm. don't seem to know anything. That is a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I've know, I've joined quite a few side orders, but my mm. interest in joining them was to pick apart the knowledge. It, of course, the whole that's the whole point of joining. I think just to join to get numbers. It's it's yes. a um, it's 
not not the reason that you should be doing these sort of things. But the, he did have quite a, a glorious life of excess, the Earl of Euston. It, it's it's did. quite it's quite out there. I, yeah, I think I've that's... abbreviated it. If if you mm. uh, read on, it's uh, not just Wikipedia, but other sites, you'll find that uh, he was quite uh, the 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 man on the town. <laughs> quite out there, shall we say? Well, you know, he was his father's a duke. Uh, he is the f- next in line to to um, uh, become duke, but he yeah. just spent all his time flirting with with women uh, mm. singers and dancers and uh, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Just the, the problem is, I mean, when when you aren't your whole income is based upon inheritance. What do you do whilst you're waiting for your your father to pass away? It's a strange right, job. Right. Waiting and, for my dad to die. What am I going to do? Yeah. And so he was going to people say, well, my dad's, you know, the Duke and I'm going to inherit all his money. Yeah. And yeah. that's why he was able to amass debts of six million pounds. That's quite a lot of money. That's yeah. quite a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Goodness me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. How many medals did you say you had? 26, was it? 24? Yeah, something like that, yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. From each organisation, I I've got um, uh, six past masters, actually three past masters jewels, but they've got date bars on them. So okay, um, okay, and then they've got a couple of other charity jewels and the recent three hundred year ceremony uh, a celebratory jewel that has just been launched from UGLE, and that's all. I, I don't really collect jewels. I'm not into it. So, good man. good man, it's about your retainment and your. I can't afford it. <laughs> They're well, this is another thing. I, I did see that the tricentenary jewel was £350 if you wanted the posh one. Yes, something like that. Yeah, Love of course. Yes. Don't right. remember. No. I, um, anyway, I, I think we'll wrap that one up there, Chris. Thank you. That was very informative. That was. That was well. It's a blast from the past, 150 years ago. (laughs) But it's still going on. That's that's my point. Yes, yes. A little bit of nepotism in there as well, which is obviously... That simony issue is, yes. It's my my guess is what happened. But, you know, given his history, etc., prosecution for homosexuality, living in sin with a married woman, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) How did he get appointed aide-de-camp to the king? You know, it's kind of, whoa. (laughs) Anyway, there you go. Right. Uh, I think we'll call it a day there. Thank you for that. If you have any questions, please email on the link below. We now part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.